Welcome to Married and Having Fun. We're your hosts, Kathy and JC. Kathy here. I'm 46. I've been married for 25 years to my main squeeze. I'm JC. I'm 33, married to an awesome pastor of six years. It's my second marriage. We have seven kids between our awesome families. On this podcast, we will share all of the ups, downs, and emotions around marriage and all the things in between. If you know what I mean. Sit back, laugh, cry, and enjoy. This is Mary and having fun. Oh my goodness. We are almost about to enter 2021. JC here. I am missing my awesome co-host today, Kathy, but we have been on a much needed break, spending time with family and enjoying this year end. I had to bring this conversation to you though, because we need to get ready for 2021, girlfriends. I love this sweet soul sister here. Um, Her name is Adair McAndrews, and you're going to want to hear what she has to say. This special little thing that her and her husband do every year to prepare themselves for the upcoming new year. And I just love it so much that I wanted to bring it to you. And I thought maybe this might be something that you could do. Adair is in ministry just like me. And um, I just, I just wanted to share it with you. So I hope you enjoy. All right. Well, welcome. I am so excited because we are getting ready to fully kick off a new year. And I have an old friend. Actually, I don't even know what to call us because I I feel, (laughs) I feel like, um, we were like acquaintances and had like mutual friends back in the day when we were going to church together. And then social media makes you feel like, oh, I really know them. (laughs) But I want to welcome um, my friend, Adair McAndrew. That's right. (laughs) Best friend. (laughs) (laughs) So Adair and I used to go to church together. Mm-hmm. And her and her husband served there. I think that maybe when you were getting there, I was maybe just starting to leave. I'm not sure, but yeah, we have a, a mutual friend that I just adore. Yeah, she's one of my closest friends. So that's probably why like there's such a kindredness because if you're close with her, then we must, we were destined to be friends. That's so true. It's so true. Um, so. Today, we're going to be just kind of gearing, putting your mind in gear for the new year. Um, But let's, before we get into that, um, how long have you and your husband been married? So we have been married nine years. So this this year will actually be our 10th wedding anniversary. Oh my gosh. Are you guys going to do something fun? Well, we've been planning for like four years to do our dream European vacation. So yeah, praying that COVID and everything gets on lock because I don't, I mean, we'll just postpone it until we're able to travel again, but I have my heart set on France and Spain and maybe Morocco and we have big plans, but 
trying to keep yeah. an open hand. Yeah, yeah, that sounds amazing for and perfect for a tenure. Yeah. We haven't haven't been able to travel, you know, when we were dating, we thought we would travel. Well, we had all these plans to travel, but then we got pregnant very quickly after getting married. And Mm -hmm. so we, sooner than we realized we're in the throes of like raising small children. So we're finally getting back into, okay, travel is a priority. We want it to be a priority and it's feasible now that our kids are getting a little bit older. Yeah. So who knows when we're going to travel again. COVID has thrown a monkey ranch in a lot of things, but, um, I was just talking with, um, some of my retreat ladies today, we were having a little catch up and I asked my question to them was reflecting on 2020, what has been the blessing in it? And, um, and both like, they were all like, Oh, you know what? that's a really good way to look at it. Like yeah. what has been the blessing in 2020? So, um, hey, what has been your blessing in 2020? That, you know, I feel a little bit guilty because I know how challenging this year has been. I mean, we're in ministry, so we've seen firsthand like the monumental loss that people have experienced, whether it's job loss or they've lost a family member. Um, so I feel selfish in saying this, but 2020 has actually been really good to our family. We have been in ministry the entire time that we've been together. Um, and every ministry position we've had, we have always worked Saturday and Sunday because churches that we Mm -hmm. worked at had Saturday night services. And Mm -hmm. so this is the first time in our entire relationship that we've had two days off in a row, like a normal weekend. Yeah, I feel like we're on vacation every single week, like to have two full days where you don't have anywhere that you have to be Mm -hmm. is I like we're actually able to rest. And Mm -hmm. um, my husband's been talking a lot recently. He and there's a group that he of guys that he like studies with here at at, at our church and Mm -hmm. they've been studying Sabbath. Mm. um, We have never Sabbathed, and I feel like that's kind of a lost sacred art of Western church in general. Um, so honestly, it's only that having two days off in a row that I'm like, okay, that's feasible because when you only have one day off a week, you're like catching up on laundry. And if there's any, you know, he had to mow the lawn and that takes two hours and, you know, we got to spend time with our children and there's, you try to shove everything in. So, Mm -hmm. um, that has, I mean, that's a really practical, not super spiritual answer, but that has been like game changing for a family. No, that's awesome. I mean, that was my answer too, that immediately, um, you know, ministry is a gift and it's very rewarding, but it is also draining and nobody likes to look at that side of it or acknowledge it that, and you almost feel like, oh, I shouldn't be taking a break. Like serving sometimes makes you feel like you shouldn't take a break. So that was actually my answer too, was that 2020 actually halted a lot of things and gave us immediate rest. Um, So I'm very thankful and, um, and still praying for all those who have been severely affected by 2020. Um, Okay. So 
I, I, I do have a question for you about marriage, but I will save this to the end. Um, so if you are a newlywed or thinking about getting married, you're going to want to wait to hear uh, <laughs> some of Adair's answers for this awesome marriage question. But um, you had a post online the other day. It just really struck me because where I am in life, I've done a lot of work on myself, like a lot of surrender work, giving um, things to God and really just asking him to clean out my heart and lead and guide me and all of that. And I've seen the result of doing things on my, you know, as I surrender and work on myself and continuously give things to God, I've seen the result of that um, change my marriage. And so I have always Maybe, no, I don't want to say always, but like for the last three years, I've picked a word on my own. I never really talked to anybody about it, maybe some friends, but I'm like, this is going to be my word for the new year. And then you posted and you said that this is something that you do with your family, with your husband. And I was like, wow, that I like, it never dawned on me to actually have that conversation with my husband so that we could just make awesome plans for, you know, and just have something to lean into more. So tell me, how did that come about? And maybe what's your word? So I wish I could take credit for the idea, but I'm not, (laughs) I can't. I will say I started like you probably about six years ago. I, again, I was at home with a small toddler and I just felt like there was so little I had control over. So one year, around the holidays, I picked up bullet journaling and I picked up the idea of setting a, an intention for your year. So again, this was like six years ago and I didn't talk to my husband about it. He's a very practical, you know, non-emotional type person. So the idea of having a conversation like that with him felt like a, he, he, he will, he will tolerate that conversation. He will let me talk, but it's not necessarily something that would be a thing that he would usually just do on his own own. So I, I'll never forget my first year, the, I, the word I picked was balance. And, and at the time, I remember just feeling like my life was overwhelming and I didn't have control over anything. So I wanted to bring balance into my life. Um, but it wasn't until we started having this conversation as a couple that I feel like those are the words like, man, I, as a family, and it's because we talk about it with our kids too, I can trace like how that theme showed up throughout the year. And I will say, um, so we attend Elevation Church and it's a tradition of Elevation to church-wide, everyone picks a word. And then um, you submit your word at the end of the year and like the staff prays over everybody's word. And it's just like, it's a, it's a really sweet tradition that we do as a church. So when we started attending Elevation, it was like told to, we were supposed to do it from the pulpit. So I'm like, Oh, perfect. I've been doing this for years. Like this. So it was, that's how it started, but I will never, the very first year that we did it together, um, we picked the word patterns. And um, actually my husband is the one that came up with the word, which was really meaningful to me because again, I, I just assumed I said his no for him. Like I never brought him into that process because I just assumed he wouldn't be interested but um, we we just decided that we wanted to start setting some healthy patterns for 
our marriage, for our family. We started doing a weekly date night, which we had never done before. And honestly, we, we didn't continue it after the year was over because it's just not sustainable when you got to pay for a babysitter every single week. But, um, it set the tone for like, if something's important to you, you have to create a pattern in your life or it's never going to happen. So, um, this year the, we picked the word celebrate. And, um, again, my husband came up with a word and I mean, we talk about, it's usually like one of my favorite date nights of the year. We'll go and sit somewhere and we'll have our journals out. And, you know, usually we'll be talking about the sermon because our pastor always kind of kicks it off with, okay, this is be thinking of your word. We're going to bring them next week. And honestly, through 2020, just seeing the pain and the grief that people have walked through and people just feeling so defeated. And even, you know, with all the, the social justice unrest and the racial tension and the election and all of the opportunities for people to feel like I just despair. I've, I've found myself falling into that this year. And so we've really had to be intentional as a family. Like what are the small wins that we can celebrate just to like pick ourselves up out of feeling negative. And um, so that was something that I noticed that we were doing and we just want to do it the rest of the year. Like we want to, and I will say the words that we pick, I know some people, they take the, um, approach of like a word that they're going to be believing God for. So it might be healing or something like that. And that's just never been our approach. I found that we've always picked words that would serve as a reminder of what our priorities are so that we can align and continually align our lives and our hearts with that theme for the year. So like one year it was patterns. So this year I, you know, our goal is with that word and we keep it on a little card up on our mantle and our fireplace. And I have it on my desk at work. Even when I'm feeling down, I'm going to find something to celebrate. We want to be celebrators of people. So every opportunity we have to bring people in, and especially this year that it's felt so we felt really disconnected from friends and family, like finding new ways to celebrate people, whether that's the lost art of sending letters in the mail or whatever. So we've been coming up, we let, we're very practical. We want to find ways that we can implement that word and, it's always cool how God shows up and like he comes, he partners with you through that. But so that's our approach. Yeah, I love it. So I want to address two things that you said. I was like sitting here on the edge of my seat. Um, no, it's great. Um, the first thing that I, I just, when you were talking and you were saying that, you know, you even share this word with your kids and like you all sit down and talk about it, like you and your husband talk about it on date night. And then you share it with your kids, you know, that scripture of write the vision down and make it plain. And I do believe whatever we put in front of us and we focus on, you know, God does, he can come and partner with that. Cause it's like you first saying yes, and you know, the direction that you want to go. So I just, I absolutely love that. And then I want to back it up to where you said I was, you know, I had never asked my husband, which, and I feel like I was, I'm in the same boat. I never asked my husband because I just didn't think that he would say yes. And I, and I was saying no for him, you know, just, and so I think as wives, we often do that because well, just as a woman in general, you're always thinking three or four steps ahead. And so 
we talk ourselves out of moments that could be beautiful for our families, things that we easy, simple things that we can do together to bring us together. And we just say, oh no, he wouldn't like that. And I just think it's awesome that you were able to give him that chance and kudos to your church. Like what a beautiful thing to, in tradition to do. Yeah. It's really cool. Cause yeah, you, it's, it's, it's faith building because like I said, people take different approaches, but like God is so faithful. And of course there's lots of people that they'll pick a word and then that will be like the worst year of their life. <laughs> be careful what word you pick, but God always like, he, he turns, you know, he, he turns ashes into beautiful things. So yes, he does. I just think it's a cool way to even, you know, the Bible talks a lot about setting altars up and like you know, benchmark moment type things. And for me, that's really what picking a word is because I can look back and it's, it's like a reminder. It prompts me to remember like how God was faithful, how he showed up. Mm. Um, so I really think it's more of like a heart posture of setting an intention and like believing that God's going to show up in that way, even if it's not in a way that you ever anticipated. Yeah. So here are the steps that I got out of that. Okay. So number one you know, set some time aside to talk to your spouse Mm -hmm. and you guys um, have a nice little quiet night, talk about it. Once you pick the word, share it with your family Mm -hmm. and talk about the meaning of it. Yeah, That's step two. And then step three would be writing that word down and placing it in noticeable places for everyone. Yeah. 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 I would say in between step one and two. So usually our process is, and we, you know, we have a regular date night now and it's been three years that we've been regularly dating each other. Um, that mm-hmm. was missing for the first five, six years of our marriage. We mm-hmm. were one of those that, you know, when my mom was in town, we would like, that's when we would take our date night. Um, but we are always in communication about like, what are our goals? Like check it. We have a, um, a check-in that we do as a couple on every date night. And it's a, it's like four different questions. So it just helps us keep like a, check the temperature of different areas of our marriage and our family. Yeah. So with, and I'm saying that because within that context, we kind of are in tune with maybe where we feel like we're headed as a family already. But if mm-hmm. you aren't doing those types of practices as a couple, like I would say, start there, like talk about your goals, not like 10 year goals, but you know, as, as a couple, where would you like to see yourself at the, you know, in six months? And yeah. And then based on those conversations of like where you want to be, where you feel like maybe you're missing it, um, then usually my husband and I will both make a list of words and then we'll compare mm-hmm. our list to see if there's a theme that we're picking up on. And then from there, that's how we pick. So like I said, the last two out of the last two out of two out of three years, we've picked a word that he wrote down. <laughs> mm-hmm. so. Well, I just think it's beautiful because it's really it's being intentional, right? Um, intentional with your life, intentional with your marriage. If you are a part of our Facebook ladies community, I will have a dare share the four questions that um, they use on date nights to check in with each other. So be on the lookout for that. The last question that I wanted to ask you, you know, I think that marriage is fun and beautiful, but it's also, it also takes work. 
my question to you, so out of nine years of being married to your love, what is the biggest surprise? And you you might have more than one. Heck, I've had more than one. (laughs) What is the biggest surprise about marriage so far? So there's so many ways I could take this question, but the biggest... When I think of the word surprise, it's just something that I didn't know or anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. that is that just because you get married doesn't mean that you automatically join the same team. Like Oh, 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 that's so good. That has literally been <laughs> so a, a nine-year process. And I didn't realize that I wasn't on my husband's team and he wasn't on my team until we came to the church that we're at and we were surrounded by people, this one, uh, one of our mentors in particular, he, he in a very loving way one day said, it was like, you know, whenever you guys are around each other, sometimes it feels like you're in competition with each other. Mm. And we're both, we're both type a, like achiever types. Um, we've been labeled like a power couple, which I don't even, I hate that term, but that is, we had adopted that identity though, but mm-hmm. it was actually not helpful <laughs> at all. And so about six years into our marriage, there was this just underlying tension of, well, who's going to sacrifice for who so that the other can achieve whatever it is that we want to achieve or whatever we, whatever purpose we feel like God has placed in our heart. And Um, I don't have like a magic formula for how to join your spouse's team or to get your spouse to join your team. But, um, I think again, and I, I said, I used this phrase earlier, the heart posture, just even being aware that it is possible to be married and be on opposing teams. That is really helpful language for me. And it's kind of a litmus test. Like when, especially when I feel like we're bickering more, or I feel like there's tension, I usually go back to that moment where that mentor of ours spoke into our marriage and like, am I on his team right now? Am I like advocating for him? Is he on my team? And that's a fair question. Like you have to be on each other's team. I literally am sitting here with tears in my eyes because that is um, the exact wording that we came to. My husband and I same thing. We're, we're both very high achievers and we want to go after all these things. And it, I, I used to tell him like, you're treating me like I'm your sibling, like, you know, just this tit for tat. Like, <laughs> and it's, it can be very hard to try to navigate. Like, I'm like, nobody ever talked to me about this before I got married. And so, yeah. So we had to really sit down and say, we are not in competition with each other. Like we are on the same team. Like, what does it look like for the team to win? And ever since we had that mind shift, it's been tremendous for us. And so, um, you know, sometimes like I think of football players and I'm like, sometimes, you know, the quarterback is looking around trying to see who he can pass it to for, you know, to get that ball to the other person so the team can have a win. And like, they look and work in their strengths and, um, and cover up their weaknesses. And so it's just, it's a beautiful thought. And we were, um, counseling this couple and it was like, I looked at my husband and as we were talking on the way there, we're like, okay, what is the one thing we want them to leave with today? And we're like, 
you're on the same team. <laughs> and so in part, yeah. And especially, and this might be wading into water that you don't want to get into with your podcast, but no, let's do it. <laughs> in evangelical culture, mm. um, we do a disservice when we like oversimplify like what marriage and what marriage roles look like. Yeah. And, um, you know, cause I came from a background where, you know, purity culture was a thing and which, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying that any, any train of thought has repercussions. And I think one of the oh, repercussions yeah. is either you come from a place where like a woman's job is to like submit to her husband and mm-hmm. she's there to support and serve like the plan that God placed in his heart. And I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just saying there's another side of the coin where, especially, you know, we met in ministry school. So I was in, I was at Bible college and I felt like God was downloading purpose and vision into my heart before I was ever married to him. Mm-hmm. And so when we got married, I remember like thinking, well, what does that mean for all the stuff that, you know, I felt like God put in my heart. And mm-hmm. of course, like step one is find somebody who is, going in the same direction as you. So you don't have to sacrifice um, what God's asked you to do. Um, but even, even with, even, if, even though we had the same goals and we were going in the same direction, it is still like marriages. So much of it is compromised and it was a learning curve to figure out like, how do we both go after the things that we feel like God has placed in our heart? And we're going after them together, but some of it's not together. And that's okay. Like I'm a still an individual person with, with my own relationship with Jesus and my own passions and my own talents. So yeah, towing that line of like supporting one another um, and still being passionate about the things that God's told you to do. That is, it's a hard, tricky thing, but even there's no perfect answer, but just like holding that tension and being aware of it and talking about it and being vulnerable with one another and being willing to have those conversations. That's, that's where like the Holy spirit does his best work. I think. It, that is so true. I've um, over the last few weeks, I've been just really sitting with what does vulnerability look like and what it means. And, you know, I saw this quote and it said, vulnerability is the birthplace of courage. And You know, over the last year, my marriage has changed so much. A lot of it came from me being willing to be vulnerable at all costs, to to sit in my truth, to say what I needed to say. Um, You know, we, uh, my husband was, had this awesome high paying job and right before we got married and and God showed me that he was going to be in ministry. I was already in, I was already like, I'm like, I'm in ministry. It's, you know, and his process was totally different. Like I saw that he was going to be in ministry, but I didn't know, like, I didn't see what it was going to take to get there. Mm -hmm. And so it just, um, I, and I feel like I went about it all wrong because of that approach. Like I was like, okay, I'm supposed to serve and help him and, and, and all these things. And I poured everything into that. And what God has been showing me over the last two years is like, nope, I've actually called you to do this and I've placed you here. And I'm like, my role, you know, he's a pastor, but, and I, yes, I'm here to help him and, and, and and help him. (laughs) But 
I am, we just were moved to a new church um, back in June. And the very first thing I said to myself is, I am going to wait until God tells me that he wants me to do something within the church. I said, because the ministry and the things that he's placed in my heart, they're outside of the church. And it took a while for my husband to kind of get on board with that because he felt like rejected. And he was like, but you've been so involved before. And I'm like, actually, I feel like I've been your crutch. Like, I feel like you can grow more if I take my hands off and let God do what he needs to do, you know? So there is this fine balance of, um, I don't know how we went off into this other wheel, but somebody needs to hear it. Oh my goodness. And I'll say this, like, I think it just changes too. Like, like I said, there's no simple answer. And I think there's times and seasons that maybe that more traditional type of support is necessary and vice versa where I need more support. And, but being willing to like live in that vulnerable space where you can share and the four check-in questions, one of the questions is what's something that you, or you're supposed to tell your spouse something that you need from them, which for mm. me is a very hard, I don't even know what I need. Cause I don't usually take the time to like, think about it. Um, are you an Enneagram three? Yes. <laughs> How did I know? Okay. I, I am too. I am too. Yeah. So yeah. So we're, really Oh, fun. wow. <laughs> yeah. My husband's a one, which is kind of more like me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and I think that's why we've clashed so much, but, um, yeah. Awesome. That that's is funny. Yeah. We're destined to be friends. We are, obviously. Totally. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited to share those four check-in questions. I got them straight from my therapist. So because oh, great. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. I cannot wait. The women will be so blessed by that. Well, I, I just want to thank you for just being so open, just for saying yes. Um, I definitely want to have you back on the show and, um, I am, I'm on a mission. My, my main heart is to empower women to get back in touch with who God created them to be. And that's the vision that God placed in my heart. Yeah. Um, (laughs) you know, marriage if you are married or getting married, that is a big part of it. Cause you do have to learn how to navigate that and not change or deviate from what God has called or placed inside of you just because, um, you know, we are called, to come team, which is so hard. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, we are, um, I'm bringing my retreat. I have these day retreats that I do. And so I'm bringing it to Charlotte, uh, January 30th. And if you are around, I would love for you to be there. Um, I would love that. Yeah. I think it, I think it would be great. And so, um, I just want to thank you. And so we're, we're going to have more conversation for the woman that is sitting and um, at home, and maybe she's a little confused about going into 2021, or just she doesn't even know uh, how to even start a conversation with her husband about vision and right. being on the same team. What would you say to her? I would say it's worth having embracing the awkward conversation, especially mm-hmm. if you've never had conversations like this where you're vulnerable and it might be a whole new world of um, 
yeah, the idea of setting an intention. I mean, that can sound a little woo woo for some people, but um, I think you, just the first step is being willing to set aside the time. And that's what, yeah. that was what it was. That's what it meant for my husband and I, because we weren't used to carving time out for one another. We always kind of put it off. And um, one of the reasons that one year that we did a weekly date night, my husband was like, if we don't make this like a weekly meeting, I don't think, I think we'll always push it off to the next week. So Mm -hmm. you can't miss a week. And I mean, that was kind of an extreme commitment that we made to one another. Oh, it's awesome. um, I think that for that, that woman who's sitting at home, I think just make a commitment, do a date night at the beginning of the year and look at your, look at your year and go ahead and just I'm not saying you have to do a a weekly date night, but that first step carving out the time, I think is like the hardest part for most people. And then to sit across from your spouse and like with this expanse of like, what do we talk about? You know, and there's so many resources too online of, of, um, worksheets of how to like set an, you know, be mindful for your upcoming year. I mean, Mm -hmm. that could be, or even journals that you can buy on Amazon that couples are meant to to fill together. Like there's very non-threatening ways that you can wade into this world of being intentional with your spouse about everything. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much, friend. I'm just like, my heart is just so joyful right now. Like, uh, well, I want to say thank you. Thank you for inviting me. And I, as a fellow three, I know that we are operating in our greatest health when we are lifting others up and seeing others like meet their potential. So kudos to you for being so healthy. Good job. (laughs) I do feel like I'm healthy. (laughs) I love it. And I I mean, like I said, when, when threes are unhealthy, we're the worst. And I say that as a, so (laughs) I am pretty sure the devil, Lucy. Yeah. (laughs) Is a, <laughs> on the three. <laughs> so true. So true. Okay. Friends, I hope that you got something out of this episode and you are ready to start planning with your partner about the new year and all that God has in store for you. Let me say a quick prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for the women that tune in to this podcast. I just ask that you cover them and be with them. Um, May they experience you in ways that they have never imagined, never even thought of going into the year 2021. I just speak blessings and truth and life and hope and positivity and all the things into their new year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey everyone, thanks for joining us. If you liked today's episode, hit the like and subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at Married and Having Fun. We'll be sharing cute photos of our husbands and all the things about marriage. Till next time, keep having fun.